The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Donna Gallagher joins us. She is the president and CEO of New Oceans Enterprises. She is a VCISO. Uh, she's involved with Cybersecurity Data Privacy Advisor. She is very much involved with FAIR. That's the quantitative risk management, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and also board advisor. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Greg. So that's a lot of stuff you do. Um, you didn't just start doing that as like a child. How did you get from where you were to where you're at now? Well, it it took a couple of pivots. Um, I said I, my my undergraduate degree is actually you know, as an electrical engineer. So I started my career uh, in electrical engineering and nuclear power of all things. Wow. Uh, yeah, I um, I was electrical engineer in a power plant. And I was kind of like Homer Simpson working at the control room at three o'clock in the morning. And did you have the donuts? I really, yeah, donuts in there. Now we, we couldn't have donuts in the control room. And how yeah, Homer but that gets never them stopped, in there. That never stopped Homer, though. So. Well, I, you know, he has had some episodes of like coffee spilling on the controls yeah. and shorting out the plant and going, you know, atomic there. And yeah, that that's true. <laughs> so I can tell you that. But um, so I, it just wasn't the life that I wanted. Um, I liked being an engineer and solving problems. And, uh, you know, I liked some of the critical infrastructure stuff. And I liked knowing how everything was wired together and, uh, you know, logic flow. And uh, But it, it just, it wasn't the right thing. I was too much of an extrovert to really want to sit. And, and it was very male dominated. I think it was the only female engineer in the whole plant. Mm. <laughs> So it, like I said, I didn't have friends. Um, you know, I, like I said, the, the guys would all go out together and pick up women and I would be home because <laughs> I just didn't have any friends. So it was just not what I wanted. So I, I kind of picked up and I said, I, I, I want to change my life. And I actually had some cousins um, in Huntsville, Alabama. So I was actually living up in New York and I uh, went to school at Auburn in Alabama and had been wanting to move back to um, Atlanta and, and Alabama, um, well, specifically Atlanta, but kind of through, um, through Alabama is, is how I got ultimately got transferred back. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they, they were looking for, uh, electrical engineers in, um, selling semiconductors. They wanted like all of their sales engineers to be, uh, you know, their salespeople to be electrical engineers. So I said, well, I don't really remember that much about semiconductor and chip design and you know I, I wasn't a microcontroller you know ASICS designer or anything like that but you know I had kind of the checkbox and it it, it was uh it was more relationship sales it, it turned out to be but then I got into more higher level sales as I my sales career kind of developed and more um, you know, custom services. I got into some of the voice over IP services. I sold mm -hmm. phone systems and um, voicemail systems and maintenance and, uh, you know, just in time delivery of uh, replacement parts for some of the phone systems. Um, so really enjoyed that, you know, but I guess the problem with sales was once I made the sale and if the customer had any problems with their experience, you know, I felt like it was my credibility that was taking a hit. Mm. And I wanted to have kind of more control over 
the customer's experience. So I wanted to do more uh, of, a, of a customer advocacy type of role. So that's when I kind of pivoted again into IT service delivery. So IT managed services. So I work with both um, Info Crossing at the time that they were ultimately purchased by Wipro, but they were doing mainframe managed services. And then mm-hmm. I, I took a, a role with SunGuard uh, managed services division uh, in service delivery. And uh, uh, so I've got about 10 years of managed IT services as kind of IT operations, you know, general director. You kind of get to see all kinds of customers too. I mean, I had clients in retail mm. and banking, uh, you know, energy, um, yeah, I had one in in mining and and uh, minerals and uh, um, chemical additives, just all kinds of variety. So it was it was almost like working for a big four consulting firm, only being in the day to day operations. So I felt I feel like I could eat go, eat those guys for lunch because <laughs> I've actually <laughs> seen it all. They they've kind of read the textbook, but mm-hmm. uh, I've actually lived in the IT operations for all those organizations, which was you know a really valuable time in my life and skill to pick up, Uh, but I wasn't getting promoted. You know, I was kind of, uh, you know, training people who were um, less experienced than me and not getting paid, you know, what they were and um, just, you know, really wanted to move on. And the only way I could do that was to leave the company. Mm -hmm. So I ended up joining ABB software as a, you know, director of, uh, of, um, uh, service delivery, and that was really providing internal IT services to our developers. And I ended up taking over global infrastructure operations and was kind of the interim CISO as our, we, we had just gone through uh, an acquisition and um, I was kind of responsible for aligning the acquired companies to the corporate policy and corporate security program. Uh, and the division that I came from was pretty small. Um, and it was a, actually it was a cluster of small software companies that were bought up and they were bundled together and called ABB software. And we were like trying to standardize our services. So uh, that was, a you know, I had three jobs at the same time. Uh, they were meant to be temporary. Wow. But out, ABB was the best company I ever worked for. I'll tell you, they really treated me very well. They challenged me. They believed in me. They gave me opportunities. They gave me training. Um, you know, can't say enough good things about them. Um, but like after they filled the other two roles of VCSO and global infrastructure, uh, you know, operations director, I'm like, well, now I'm bored, you know, now what do I do? So the choice was either kind of move to Switzerland, you know, to work in the headquarters and I really didn't want to do that. So I ended up taking a severance package after being with them for only a year. They gave me six months of severance. Wow. <laughs> and, and said, last I said, they were a fantastic company. That's awesome. Um, um, and, and they gave me a bonus too uh, at, at the end. So it, it was, you know, very, you know, very good experience there at ABB. And that's kind of when I said I'd only worked in IT at that point. Um so I said, well, let me take some of the severance money they gave me and see if I can learn a new skill. And I took a CISSP boot camp thinking I was going to learn something new. And lo and behold, after 10 years of IT managed services, you knew it I was all. doing all of that. I could have taught the class. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I again passed it on my first attempt and mm-hmm. then I was kind of knighted from there on, you know, to 
be the the torchbearer and the champion for doing things right. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess my first job uh, actually in security, I was kind of the liaison between the IT team and the security team, uh, you know, taking the big four consultant recommendations and telling them, you want to do what? <laughs> well, here's the problems that it's going to cause and here's how this is going to go over and and whatnot. And then uh, I guess the, the challenge we had at, uh, at that company was they were under an FTC consent decree. Um, they guess they had found some problems with their security program uh, in previous years. And um, they were having an, uh, an FTC evidentiary audit every mm-hmm. other year where they go through and, and show me your program is fully working. And what had happened is they had just um, migrated out of uh, a, a parent company data center into their own data center. So the the, art, the the technology moved over, you know, the hardware components moved over, but not the people and processes. No one actually went in and built that stuff. And that was the controls we were failing on. So I, uh, and so the, the CIO asked me, you know, Donna, I need a remediation program but i don't have any money to give you (laughs) (laughs) and and we don't have any people you know that you can have on your team for this well that's standard infosec so so that's standard infosec but what we ended up doing was i met with each of the um executive managers and explained to them you know here's the controls that are failing that are within your Uh, within your department and ask them if they could sign a key control owner to each who was responsible for the operational resolution of whatever the the failure was. And you ask them, lay out your steps, what's your plan, you know, here's where we think it's going and you would have them report back into me, you know, here's the status of my controls of what it is. And we've created a dashboard and we started out with all the controls red and over time move them to yellow to you know, light green, and then we had audit, IT audit come in and retest for two months mm-hmm. um, in order for them to get a pass on their control. And by the time the FTC came in, everything was green. So that's that, and I've really kind of used that as a model for how I like to build security programs. Is really, don't put me in the middle of it as the security person. Of let's educate the business on where their risks are and make them right. ownable, and it's their butt that has to report to their manager and his has to report to the CEO of what the status of risks are Mm -hmm. within the department and and what the status is and get them to understand where their failure points are where their dependencies are and uh you know you know make like I said make them accountable for risk and you're their advisor and that's how it's supposed to be exactly yeah totally agree so I said after after that, I guess I moved on to a couple other roles. Um, I, I worked in uh, fintech for a while, uh, designing uh, security programs for uh, for income, and uh, I had some GDPR requirements that I had to uh, satisfy as part of that job. So I did some self study and I earned my uh, CIPPE and CIPM. Uh, certificates and uh, then you're recognized as a fellow of information privacy so now I do security and privacy mm-hmm. and I guess I was also um, so I guess that's when I started toying around with FAIR and doing the self-study on uh, on quantitative risk analysis actually no it, it didn't come until later I, I got my C- my privacy certifications and said that was great I learned something new um, and then I think after I left income I that's when I decided to start my own business and that's really when I guess got into fair 
and the, I guess the reason was, you know, people would say, so what, you know, and I didn't ever really know how to answer that question. You know, here's some controls you're not meeting and you should put in multi-factor authentication or you should harden your devices or you should, uh, you know, do these different things. And they say, why, you know, or so what as well, because this could happen. Well, so what if that happens? You know, it, it just, it kind of got into this, so what, so what, so what thing. And I didn't know have a good answer for that question. So when I understood, and I said, as the CEO, you're responsible for making the financial decisions for your company and you have no money in your bank account when you start out and you've got to take, you know, the, the billings that you made last month and purchase a tool for this month or, or to grow or to put a new uh, marketing strategy together or to attend a conference. And you have to be able to justify, why am I going to spend this money on this rather than that? And I didn't really appreciate that uh, really until I became a CEO and had to make those decisions for myself. So, um, and, and so of course, for, for, for people who, who are not familiar with the FAIR acronym, it is factor of uh, F-A-I-R. Factor, factor analysis, analysis of, of information, information risk. Risk, risk yes. yes. I had to spell it out in my head. So it's, yeah. a, it's a basically a quantitative risk assessment methodology to be able to answer those questions of the so what of like, uh, well, well, how much is our cost exposure? How much will it cost to fix it? And do they actually make sense? You know, because you don't want to fix a, a $10,000 problem with a $50,000 solution, something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Right? So you became, you opened up your, 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 uh, uh, you put your shingle out, so to speak, and, and started your own business in 2018, New, New Oceans Enterprises. It's an interesting name. Where did that come from? So there is an Andre Gide quote that I learned from an old Successories poster. And it was, <laughs> remember Successories, those in the, in the mall, you know, that they mm -hmm. had those like really pretty, uh, you know, inspirational quotes and stuff. Well, this Andre Gide quote said, man will never discover new oceans until he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. So like, that's really great for like a risk management sort of poster tagline thing of, of uh, I wanted to have kind of a nautical uh, theme to it because I, I, my husband's a sailor and uh, I uh, kind of nod to the Navy um, I kind of think of myself as like the captain, you know, that's kind of out there in the dark ocean navigating by the shore uh, and the stars of, of really not having fancy equipment as a virtual CISO or a lot of money. Um, you really just kind of have your your smarts, you know, that, that you take out in the little dinghy and the little boat and you have to get from A to B. And I think that's very much what virtual CISOs are doing is we don't have big budgets. You know, we don't have a lot of tools and fancy stuff, but, you know, we know how to prioritize things. We know how to collaborate and facilitate discussions and we know how to get people to work together. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that that was really a, a nice theme um for the uh for, for the company so i i used the sextant as my logo and uh, new oceans is the name of the company and what are your target um business vertical sizes locations or or, or do you do you work on with everybody well i i do work with everybody and it it's been kind of a mix um mm -hmm. you know my first clients were you know small businesses and very small businesses i mean less than maybe 20 people uh, so I've got some startups that just 
you know, it's kind of when you open your business, you kind of figure out where the money comes in first <laughs> and then <laughs> where the referrals true. come in first from. Right. And this was just kind of what they said. Uh, I guess some of my first customers, they'd never been through an assessment before and their customers were starting to ask security questions and uh, they didn't know how to answer them. They didn't even know what they were asking or they were trying to get insurance. And they're like, we can't even get, you know, uh, insurance. You know, can you <laughs> look at our, our questions that we, answered and, mm. and explained to us why oh we lost your audio there we go sorry i think i just hit a button as i was sliding my hand over here no worries that's um, good <laughs> um yeah so like i said it was you know, just some very basic things that they needed uh, just getting basic policies and stuff together um and then i had another client actually from abb it was a former uh, colleague of mine who was starting a business in software development and, uh, you know, he knew he wasn't gonna be able to sell anything until his product was secured. So we built a security program around, around his tools. And uh, now that's not an obstacle now. Now security is a, is a sales enabler for him. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then I've got some other customers that um, maybe they, they've um, got a good CIO and a good you know, CTO, but maybe they don't have specific security um, governance um, expertise um, at their executive level and they just need a coach you know they just need someone to kind of maybe help them with their policies or their um, their priorities you know explain the different controls to them of how they work and how they're tested and like I said because I came from an IT operations background um, I'm able to kind of pull all those things together for them and, mm -hmm. and serve as a as a coach so it's kind of been a blend of those I actually have not done that much with with fair consulting and that was originally part of the plan for me was uh, to do fair consulting and put fair programs into large enterprises um, but that's I, listen, I have that's not really uh, taken off for me. I think that's still something I'd like to do um, that I still would offer as a service, but um, just haven't closed a, a contract on that yet. And then I guess the other thing that I'm really doing that I am using FAIR for is I'm, I'm looking to do more around board work and mm. advising boards of directors um, and uh, either as an advisor or as a board member as their cyber data privacy and IT operations uh, expert. Um, and that's going well. So that's, I think really is where I can use my fair skills because now the SEC has come out with, um, you know, with recommendations for your public, you know, like for public uh, disclosures for your, your quarterly filings to have quantitative risk analysis. And it's pretty much using the fair uh, you know, thesaurus, you know, for how they define the terms and, and what they all mean and how to do it. So um, I, I, I think that that's going to probably be the, a bigger part of, of uh, what I do to in the future for Donna. Well, I, I, uh, I'm a little, I, I'm, I'm surprised and not surprised because uh, as far as like the, um, the, the first part of what you were saying with regards to FAIR and not getting uh, as much traction with SMBs, because uh, one thing I would think is that, uh, um, a risk for uh, SMBs is is really the not knowing what they're knowing because I think so many of them are just beholden like to MSPs that say put in this tool you'll be secure and all of that. But I mean that would just be one risk that small and mid sized businesses um, uh, are exposed to. And I know you've worked with several SMBs over the years. Today, at this moment, what would you think is like the biggest risk to small and mid sized businesses, information security wise? Well, I, I think a lot of it is 
visibility of, of risk, you know, still, um, and, and having a good model to prioritize, you know, what do we do at, at what point? And, you know, I, I probably should have chosen some other words of saying, you know, it's not been a big part of, of my business. And what I mean is to say, setting up formal uh, programs at enterprise companies, actually creating Monte Carlo distributions okay, and, okay. and that kind of stuff. That's not really gotcha. taken off for me, but you can use fair methodology in any sort of small business. Of Absolutely. Just saying, yeah. You know, in terms of orders of magnitude, this is going to put you out of business and this is really just a compliance check mark, you know, so let's do the one that's going to put you out of business first. And you don't, you know, it, those are hard to quantify I and mean, you really kind of have to do a, a you know, is this a t-shirt size risk, you know, extra large, medium, small, you know, where does it kind of fall in there in terms of the financial impact to the company? And that's how you prioritize And That I kind of already do naturally. So I don't even think about it as fair. And it's, that's not true. It actually is fair. And then the other thing is applying fair to third-party risk management mm-hmm. of looking at your vendors and saying, you're sharing what data with them? Well, let's look at the controls specifically around you know the service that they're providing and see what questions we really need to ask this uh, this vendor or this partner to make sure that uh, that they're secure so um i i do stand corrected on that greg you, you well, called me out on it you're right <laughs> no that's that's probably my my misinterpretation but that's fine but i know you you're so involved in fair um and i and i see a lot of what you post about and i, I wish that i was more involved i feel guilty i've never been to faircon for example i think that's the name of it and that's coming, uh, up, coming soon, up is it not it is it is coming up in september it is uh 27th and 28th and there's actually training available this in washington dc and if you go to fairinstitute.org you can uh, find all about faircon uh 22 get trained and uh and, and like I said, learn about it. Now, the I think one of the questions that uh, we're probably going to ask me is why not are people not implementing FAIR? And the, the most common uh, objection that I hear is that it's just too hard. People don't know where to start, you know, and you know, the, we've said this even from two years ago conference is, uh, you know, start somewhere. It's a do your first analysis and then do a second one and then do a third one, you know, take your best guess of where you think your risks are that you can, you know, prioritize and, uh, and practice, you know. I, I think one of the problems, or I shouldn't say problem, but I think one of the challenges with people first looking at fair is that they start from the bottom up. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't need to get into the weeds that much, if you can make estimates and, and you'd have to actually look at the, uh, the diagram on how everything's together. Um, you, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, people listening would know what I mean. The from tree. The bottom up yeah. The tree. Yeah. And, and you mentioned fair Institute. Now that is something that I'm a member of and that, and they have excellent uh, training there. They actually, I think that they still have like a, um, a, a an application there that you can actually do your own fair assessments as part of learning, yes. right? Yeah, uh, they do have a free version of the tool available where you can run one analysis at a time. And I think there may also be through the open group, there's a certification because the open fair foundation certification, I think they, they still might have a, uh, a an Excel spreadsheet that you yes. can run one yeah. at a time. Uh, uh, so there, there are some tools out there and then some other um, companies have kind of developed uh, some other tools. So I know, um, you know, either they're using Risk Lens, uh, who I guess the founders of of 
you know, inventors of, of FAIR, uh, you also started another company to actually run the software. So right. that's kind of the tool for that. But um, I think uh, IBM might have a tool or Cisco might have a tool that they developed internally um, you know, to, to run the Monte Carlo analysis. And the, the, I guess the hope is that other people will create uh, you know, programs that are using the methodology. I do remember um, from uh, I'm open fair certified through the open group and that um, you can, and, and this might be outdated. So have to check, but at the time you could use the spreadsheet tool for your own company, but you couldn't use it as a consultant unless you were licensed and the license fee was something nominal for the year. Um, I think they probably still have that, that uh, model there, but I want to, I want to pivot because I know we, 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 we don't have endless time um, getting back into the virtual CISO space uh, you're very much involved in something that I wish I was also, I keep on saying that it's like, I was more, wish I was more involved with, and that is, um, the, uh, VC. So catalyst. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how that might be a good resource for virtual CISOs and sure, others? Sure. Sure. So I guess when I started my virtual CISO business, um, and Greg, you were one of the first people I think I connected with, uh, when I, when I spun out on my own, you were one um, of the first people I connected with. Yeah, when I, spun um, out on um, my I own. quickly figured out that I didn't have a team, you know, like I had in my enterprise job. So if I had, you know, a security architecture question, I could go to somebody mm-hmm. and say, you yeah, know, run into this before. Does anyone know about this? Or we're having this problem. So you really need a community of subject matter experts, you know, whether it be, you know, domain experience or just, you know, governance uh, and leadership. So we kind of started organically, just virtual CISOs that kind of figured out they they didn't like the rules that they were being required to work under, under a corporation. And they just felt like I need to be an outsider. I need to be truly independent, you know, and give you know, unbiased advice to a, to a company and, you know, not be the one that takes the fall when the company makes bad decisions. So, like I said, the, the group just kind of started growing. We've, we we started a Slack channel um, and we started meeting, you know, every other week um, just for a networking call. You know, just has anyone run into this problem before? Does anyone have a tool or solutions for this? You know, a free way of getting that done. And uh, the group has grown organically to probably have about 200 members now in the U.S. and Canada. Can and, anybody uh, join or do they anyone? have to be a virtual CISO? Um, well, we do want to make it vendor agnostic. So that's another common complaint that we had uh, in the uh, in the space was, um, you know, vendors just kind of take over the content and they never really talk about security problems holistically. They talk about their tool and they never get to the people and processes. And we didn't want, uh, you know, to have to worry about our email addresses, our corporate email being right. given out to everybody. So we wanted to create a group that was truly independent, vendor agnostic, you know, truly virtual CISO to virtual CISO to, you know, understand how to help their, their programs. And like I said, a lot of people on the call, um, they've never built businesses before. They're not entrepreneurs. So they don't know finance or accounting or marketing or public speaking or whatever. So there's skills that needed to be developed. So we wanted to be a resource for those virtual CISOs to, you know, fill in the skills that they didn't have and, and have a community that they can go through for, for unbiased advice. So that's what the group's for. Excellent. We'll put a a link in the show notes. I only got a couple minutes left. Uh, What are your future plans? 
Well, I do want to develop that virtual CISO Catalyst group more. We actually are going to be incorporating as a public benefit corporation, uh, but is this going to remain free? Like you said, you can, you know, there's going to be a free version and hopefully our uh, paid members will offer them some other services like uh, background checks, uh, referrals, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, you know, other member benefit discounts that hopefully we can, we can offer. Um, so so we, we've got a few ideas in mind of how we want to fund the organization, but our commitment is to remain, you know, supporting small and medium businesses, independent, uh, uh, you know, security practitioners and, and vendor agnostics uh, type of space. That's awesome. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation, which we wish we could go longer. But uh, we're, you know, we use I use the free Zoom for this, and you can see the ticking down going yep. on right now. Yeah. So, um, but but that's good because it helps to keep me on point too. But I really appreciate you joining us today. You're very welcome, Greg. You have a great week. And everybody, stay secure. <laughs>